0: I'm Daria Rose, and this is The Foodist Podcast, where real people use real food to get healthy and lose weight without dieting. Hello, friends and foodists. I'm Daria Rose, and this is The Foodist Podcast. Today, I'm talking to Molly, who grew up as a chronic dieter. She actually started dieting at a very, very young age, which is Heartbreaking, but also all too familiar to so many of us. She was also a dancer, which, of course, is an added burden of constantly being judged by your body and how you look. And this is the way she lived on processed food, diet food, counting calories until she found Summer Tomato and decided to give real food a try. Her story is so inspirational because, I mean, she did a complete 180 on how she interacts with her body, how she interacts with food, and it went from being one of the most difficult and one of the most troublesome things in her life to one of the best, one of the most healthy, positive, nourishing things that she now looks forward to every single day. Her story is incredibly inspiring, and I hope
1: you enjoy. Hey, Molly. How are you today? Hi, Daria. I am awesome. How are you?
0: I am so good. Thank you so much for joining me.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited. (laughs) Yeah. So why don't you start
0: by telling us how you started? Well, you know, tell me what your relationship was like with sort of food and your body before you started making any changes.
1: Sure. Absolutely. So um, backing up quite a bit, you know, like right, you know, before I found Summer Tomato, my, my health transformation starts, or I mean, my health story really starts at a very early age. So I'm a dancer. Um, I have been dancing since I was four or five years old and, you know, I grew up also in a period of, um, I think, you know, extreme like diet marketing. I, I basically, I grew up in the nineties. So like, As I was growing up, pretty much every single woman around me was on a diet, you know, so like, yeah, my mom, my aunts, my sisters. Um, everywhere I turned, it was just like, it was just part of like the normal conversation. So on top of being a dancer where, you know, anyone who has danced or, you know, athletes may be able to relate to this, but um, you're just, you're constantly in a situation where, you know, your body is being evaluated and you're very aware of, you know, how perhaps your body, quote unquote, you know, compares or stacks up to, you know, your fellow dancers. So there's like a lot of, you know, comparison that kind of gets started at an early age. Totally. How- yeah. yeah. It's like, it's in like,
0: a- it's bad enough being a woman in the nineties. Yeah. And like, you're just, con- you're, I mean, you're already constantly judged for what you look like. And oh, then okay. with dance, it's like, you're wearing skin tight clothes. You're staring at yourself in the mirror all day long. And they're li- literally looking at your body being like good or not good.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. So those judgments start really early. And then, you know, coupled with the fact that every, you know, woman that I was around was on a diet. I mean, I just remember, you know, we, you know, in my household, actually, my mom, you know, she cooked quite a bit. And, you know, so we were eating real food, but there was still that constant conversation around diet and restriction and, you know, like the fat free cream cheese, like all the different flavored cream cheeses. So, like the processed food, you know, that kind of stuff, it was, Um, Just very much, you know, a part of my reality, a part of my day to day. So I think that I remember, you know, really being in a diet mentality from as early as like, you know, even 12 years old, like really going into middle school and just like really being aware of that. And so, um, you know, fast forward many years, I, you know, I I went to school for a couple of years after high school. I, I danced professionally for a few years, went back to school, finished. And um, then moved to San Francisco, to the Bay Area. I worked in tech for about six years. And, you know, that entire time it was, you know, a constant state of dieting. And it was, you know, very much the yo-yo sort of mentality. Just depending, you know, if I was dancing more, then I would be like really, you know, just really aware, really restrictive. And, um, you know, it was just periods of like that my entire life. So anyway, then, you know, flash forward to when I was working in tech and, You know, I was not dancing professionally anymore but still worked out quite a bit. I was just always really active and I just felt awful. You know, I was killing myself at the gym. I was like sustaining myself on protein bars and, you know, anything that had calories that I could count. And I mean really, truly, you know, like logging everything, just becoming so obsessive about it. And I was just – I thought, man, I – for as hard as I am working on this, why can't I lose like those last five pounds and why, you know, why do I – I'm not sleeping that well and I just – I don't feel well. Wow. And so I think that, you know, intuitively I started getting to a place of, you know, and it's so it's kind of ironic, right, because I was living in San Francisco and we are like the food, the real food mecca right. <laughs> in many ways, you know, and I was like totally – you kind of just feel imprisoned. I think a dieter's mentality is, you know, you're just, you're locked into this like way of being where everything is, you know, it's just so restrictive. And so I relate to that
0: so much. I mean, being like, you know, as the dancer at dance background, obviously, and being in San Francisco, but just that feeling of being like, what the heck like I am doing everything they tell me to do and why am I still struggling with this why am I so miserable and why isn't why isn't it working
1: right, exactly and you know you go through those periods of like you know you might be I mean I've literally done every diet under the sun I mean I've done Atkins, I've done South Beach you know I grew up like I said in the 90s when like the shakes were really popular you know all that kind of stuff and you'll have like you know periods of success even like sustained quote unquote success um, but for me it just was never a sustainable thing because it just it wasn't enjoyable right? You're just like, damn, this sucks. I am not, I just, I don't feel like I'm enjoying what I'm eating. And it just, it, it was not, it was not a long-term um, capable, you know, something you're able to sustain long-term. So I will never forget this night. I was in my apartment, my old apartment in San Francisco in Hayes Valley. And I just started doing research because I think intuitively I started realizing there's something wrong here. You know, I'm like, I'll, have you know all these protein bars all day? I'm doing all the calorie counting. Like I'm having technically the amount of calories per day that should sustain me, but I'm starving. Nice. <laughs> like I'm still hungry and like I don't feel well. So what's going on? So I came across your blog. You know, I think I had come across it years earlier, and then I came across it again. You know, I think I found like a Michael Pollan article in the New York Times. I, I came across your blog, and. Immediately when I read your story, I was like, "Oh my God, she's like talking about me." You know, (laughs) this is this is crazy. Like, I I totally relate to this, and I was really drawn to the science of what you were doing and how you, you know, had your real life experience. And you know, I think I can't remember your um, your path initially, Daria, but I think you you had a, a certain emphasis, and then you you switched because you were like, "Hey." I need to get to the bottom of this too. This is crazy. Mm-hmm. And so you when you started digging into the research, I just found that so compelling. And, you know, I came across the recalibration on Foodist and I just thought, you know, why not? Everything I've done up until this point is has not, you know, one, been enjoyable and two, you know, I just don't feel like it's a long-term, like, way I can live my life. So why not just, like, you know, take a leap of faith? The science is there to back it up. Mm-hmm. Let me see what this is all about. What did that, Was that scary for you? Oh, my gosh. It was terrifying. <laughs> it was terrifying. I mean, someone who is, you know, a dieter, which is – it's so – it almost doesn't really make any logical sense, right? Because it's like a chronic dieter, you are on a diet your entire life, but it like never really works, right? Because that's why you're still dieting, right. you know? Um. So, But it becomes kind of this like comfort. It becomes this, you know, just it's how you live. You just kind of like accept it and you come to rely on it. And it it seems scary to let go of that dieting mentality because, oh my God, well then will I lose complete control, right. you know? Right, you and nailed it. Yeah. And so I, that was definitely, definitely a scary thing for me. So
0: question for you. Um, yeah, I I totally relate to how you said I had that same fear. Like if I just start eating normal food, like it could go bad, like it could go (laughs) really bad, like really fast because I've had, you know, many experiences of being out of control around food yeah. as a dieter, you know. So that was terrifying. So I'm um uh, you're brave. <laughs> but also I wanted to ask for you, was it that the recalibration was actually eating more?
1: Yes. That was like that and that was such a, you know, oh my gosh, how can this possibly be? I'm eating, you know, how can I eat this much food, you know, and actually lose weight. And You know, I mean, my biggest thing that I knew, my intention for doing the recalibration was to, one, get off of the processed food because the more I was reading about it, you know, I just was like, okay, this isn't good for so many different reasons for my body. My body's telling me that this isn't working, that I'm not feeling well. um, So I need to kick this, like, processed food habit for real because, I mean, I was, like I said, pretty much sustaining myself on sugar-free everything, Mm -hmm. you know, and fat-free everything and... I I just knew that it was not good. So um I that was my primary intention was to kick the processed food habit and then you know yeah when I started doing the recalibration I was eating more and my pants started fitting looser. Like, I mean, I'm talking like within like a handful of days, you know, my, my jeans were getting a little bit looser and, you know, more than that, all of a sudden my energy like skyrocketed. It was, it was wild, you know, and I went to work and I couldn't stop talking about it. And, you know, everybody, I started, you know, bringing my lunch to work and, uh, you know, at that same time too, I, um, I really started getting into, you know, the farmer's market. I would go to the Ferry building on Saturdays and that, you know just became something that i looked forward to each day. So basically what happened was i did the recalibration and that was the game changer. Mm-hmm. Like i felt i felt so good that i knew i didn't want to go back. And so, you know, after that i mean i would still, you know, i would have wine and you know, I as you know, you do, you kind of like go back and you start integrating like some of the other foods maybe. Um I just I never went back to processed food. I mean I you know, not that I've never had like a kind bar since then, I definitely have. Um but just like to the way, you know, the extent that I was eating processed food, even frozen food, right? Like frozen food that you'd get at, you know, Trader Joe's or something like that. You know, I mean I just I I wasn't doing that because I was also able to fall back in love with cooking, which was like life-changing. Wow. Yeah.
0: Wow. So, wow. <laughs> I, I need a minute to digest all this. Yeah. You just said, the, like, I've, you're actually the first person I've talked to who didn't view the recalibration as more restrictive. Ah,
1: interesting. Yeah. so
0: it's, I mean, so for me, it would have been like your situation. Like when I was such an extreme dieter, when I started that eating vegetables, whenever I felt like it felt like an indulgence.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. It's, um, it is, it was, I, I also just, you know, I'm like, wait a minute, I can, I can eat that. I can cook, with oil and, like, put salt on it and it tastes this good and I'm not going to gain weight. Like, that was such a – that was so mind-boggling for me, you know, (laughs) that, like, I was – when I started cooking real food, I mean, like, even, like, you know, caramelizing onions and garlic and just throwing some kale on it and, like, tossing, you know – Maybe some almonds. I mean, it was just like, wow, this is delicious. You just, you felt like you were like unlocking this like treasure, you know, been hiding, you know, in plain sight the entire time. So,
0: that makes me so happy. I like have goosebumps right now. Oh, so cool. (laughs) So cool. And then you also, I mean, you went all the way. So you started going to my favorite farmer's market.
1: (laughs) Yes. So I started going to the fairy building on Saturdays at the time I was living with my sister. This is before I was married. And, um, you know, it became like our weekly thing. We would go and you know pick up all the produce, come home, and you know prep everything for the week. Just you know, clean our greens and cook. And it just became you know this ritual, sort of that I looked forward to. And picking up you know vegetables that I had never worked with before, and you know looking up recipes and that sort of thing. I mean, I. I it's, you know, I grew up, like I said, in a house where my mom did a lot of cooking. I'm um, half Latin. And so, like, you know, in the Latin community, food is a huge part of like family get togethers, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not like the most healthy, but, um, you know, food and cooking was always a big part of our family just culture. And so, you know, being a dancer and being almost afraid of food, you know, afraid of cooking. Um getting to this new place was just like I never even like dreamed that I could get there, you know, totally. and so That's it was so
0: far away from, like because oh. you, you, you think feel like you just have to do more and more of like the protein bars and like just all that stuff, and like That's cooking right. sounds like the antichrist of your, (laughs) of your, like, health goals. Totally.
1: (laughs) Well, and also just feels like, wait a minute, I, you know, but I don't know how many calories are in here and, like, how do I know if, like, maybe I use too much oil or, you know, all these things that, like, you're just, I I just would have never thought of, you know, cooking when I was in my diet or mentality just because you didn't have enough data or information or calories, you know, to where I could, like it was, you know, that kind of like soothed you through like the process of like that control of like knowing what was going in your body. So anyways, yeah, I started going to the farmer's market. I fell back in love with cooking and, you know, to my total surprise, I mean, as I kept going, getting deeper and deeper into, you know, my health style, my journey, I just felt better and better. And then I like physically felt better, but I also Psychologically, emotionally, you know, everything just sort of like flowered and really blossomed for me. I discovered that cooking is actually a, you know, a deep passion for me. And I started, you know, cooking for my friends and cooking for my family and looked at cooking and eating as a way of, you know, taking care of myself, of loving myself, of, you know, just making sure that I was truly nourishing myself from the inside out. And um, it really, wow. you know, like I said, changed, changed my life in a, in a lot of big ways. And it, that was, you know, the health journey coupled or, you know, kind of worked in tandem with, um, you know, just some other big changes in my life. I mean, I'm now not, you know, in tech any longer. I'm a soul cycle instructor. So I moved like full tilt into the wellness space. And, wow. you know, a lot of, yeah, and that was a big, you know, That was a big shift for me, too, because I thought, you know, I had invested all this time in in tech, but I was, you know, summer tomato, really, I just, I don't really believe in chance encounters, and summer tomato came into my life at, you know, just the right time because I was really starting to get, you know, I I knew, like, from a career standpoint, I really wanted to be doing something, you know, in wellness and just in, like, a mission-driven capacity, something that was, you know, um, just, I think, helping people discover how to live and, you know, their own best, most awesome life. And, you know, I, I was actually on that journey myself, you know, and I continue, I continue to be on that journey today. I think that, you know, our health journey is one that is continually evolving. It is, you know, like we're never really arrived. Right. right.
0: But you have done like a full 180. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like both like in your approach, I mean, the way you're describing having food and cooking and the way it like it, how it's a positive force in your life, you know, when you, when you started out talking about like, it was such a negative force in your life, something you were scared of. Oh yeah. And now it's like, I love that because you've turned it from a a source of sort of fear and almost like an insecurity or, you know, it just, it, it comes to a place where, it has like almost a negative impact on your psyche to a place where it's like the the thing that like one of the main things that like defines who you are and like brings you joy and nurturing yourself. Yeah,
1: it, that's so true, Daya. That's a that's a great way to to think about it. And I don't know that I've you know crystallized it in that way exactly for myself, but I I love that and it is really true. And you know I yeah, like I said, I mean, food is now, it's, it's become like this lifestyle for me. Right. So I think that, you know, moving from dieting where, you know, you're not really worried about like (laughs) cooking or making sure that there's, you know, a fridge full of fresh, beautiful produce. Um, you know, that's something that I make a priority in my life every single day. And that I actually, you know, I enjoy doing It is you know, it's, it's a habit for me. It's, it's more than that.
0: Yeah. That's amazing. So do you, have, have you completely just like given up processed food completely or is there anything you still actually enjoy? Cause it sounds like you didn't actually enjoy most of it before, but is there any, does it, how does that fit into your life still? You know, or like treats, I'm, things like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I know. I'm trying to think of the last thing I had that was, you know, process that I actually, like, really enjoyed. I mean, like I said, I'm a fitness instructor, so sometimes on the go, you know, if I have to grab, like, a Lara bar or something like that. But even then, I just prefer – I personally find that I just don't feel as energized unless it's something that, like, I can just, you know, grab at home. I'd rather grab, like, you know, a handful of nuts and, like, a piece of fruit or something like that, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, if I'm going to have a treat or if I'm, you know, we're having a dinner party and I'm making dessert. Like that's my husband. He's like one of those guys where a dinner is not complete if you're having a dinner party unless there's like dessert, you know? So that's always something that we do, but it'll be like, you know, my, a cookie recipe that I've kind of developed, you know, on my own that, um, uses like, is, you know, whole ingredients as I can possibly get my hands on. Um, or, you know, even like roasted fruit or something like that. Um, but yeah, I also find that, you know, which was something that, was a huge discovery for me, you know, in, in my health journey, which was, um, I didn't know how delicious real food could be, you know? So I didn't know that you could actually every day have delicious food that made you feel awesome and satisfied and you wouldn't gain weight. And it just, that in and of itself eliminates like so many, like you just, you never feel restricted. And I right. didn't even know that was a possibility.
0: Right. Isn't that a mind-blowing discovery?
1: Oh, my gosh. It's, it's life-changing. It totally is because you're just like, wait a minute. This can taste this good, and it's good for me too? Wait a minute. And,
0: like, I don't have to do a bunch of math in order to eat it? Yeah,
1: exactly. I don't have to log every single thing in this little journal that I have to carry with me to make sure that I can write it all down. Um, yeah. So I think that – I do, you know, like I said, I mean, if I need to grab like a bar or something on the go every once in a while, but I really do try to stick to real food. And in doing that, I just, I, I don't feel restricted. It's amazing.
0: And it sounds like for you, the energy levels was a big part of this, that that really Uh, changed for you.
1: Yes, that was major. And, you know, I mean, I think, I don't know, I don't know if it was a combination of, you know, I mean, like working in tech, it's, you know, pretty intense. And I was working, I had worked in, you know, for large companies, and then I worked, you know, in the startup world. Um, so you're already kind of like logging hard hours, right? It's, it's you know, there, it's a pretty intense, um, it's, a, it's an intense career path. But, you know, even just switching my diet, like changed how I felt in that context, in that environment. And like I said, I mean, just being able to sleep better and you know, not feeling like you hit that, you know, 2, 3, 4 p.m. slump because you probably, you know, you've had a, a lunch that is satisfying and nourishing. And, you know, if you do get hungry, then you know it's okay to, you know, have some veggies and hummus or have, you know, real, you know, have some fruit or whatever it is. You know, you just, I think the other thing too that really changed with switching to real food was, you know, your body, all of a sudden you can actually hear it. You're listening to it, you know? And so like all the the signals that let you know, you know, okay, yes, I'm really hungry, you know, or you know, no, I'm not. I mean, all you know, those actually like kick in. Right. You know, and there's I mean, gosh, we could go so many different ways with this conversation diet. I mean, just in terms of even the, you know, the content that you, you know, post on Summer Tomato, just, you know, the mindfulness around eating, which was also, you know, another big one. I think that as a chronic dieter, like, I don't know for me, I can't speak for everyone, but I don't know that mindfulness was really a part of what I was doing because you're not you're not like really present, you know, because you're just so focused on like the end game, the goal of like, right. you know, making sure that you're in control, that you're having this amount of calories that, you know, it's for all these specific reasons that aren't you know necessarily the most helpful ones, right, I like think you're definitely uh, so, not
0: focused on the the sensual experience of food,
1: oh God, no, and uh, like yeah. you mentioned
0: earlier, i mean you you what you were talking about just before this was that basically you've you've also discovered mindfulness mindfulness of your body, mm-hmm. and I think it's a really good point to bring up because i I feel that well, for me, it's for sure when I was a dieter, I spent a huge amount of energy trying to ignore that. Oh, yeah. Because my body was screaming at me. You're tired. Yeah. You're starving. You, Your hair looks t- – and nails are like brittle and gross. Like feed yeah. me, feed me, feed me. And and my my ego or whatever, the, the other part of my brain that wanted to fight with it was just like shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. <laughs> you know? And like I didn't <laughs> want to feel that. I didn't want to know what my body thought because I knew I was like punishing it.
1: Yes, yes. I think that is – so key, right? And that's where, that was the other, I have had so many aha moments on Summer Tomato, but, you know, realizing that, you know, oh, so this isn't just about like, you know, failed willpower Mm -hmm. over time, right? Because I mean, that only lasts for so long as we know, but yeah, I mean, you, you're ignoring your body and your signals for so long, switching to real food, number one, helps you to become more in tune with that, right? Like listening to like the care that it needs, you know, from a food standpoint, from sleep standpoint, from all these different, you know, um, points of view. Um, but also like, you know, I mean, I think something that I faced over the years as a dieter was like, all right, you know, like, you, know you have this level of success for so long, quote unquote success. And then ultimately, like it fails, and you're like starving, and you just feel like an endless pit that, like, you cannot get enough food, right? You know, and it's when I came across summer tomato, I was like, oh, so there's not anything wrong with me, <laughs> like, so it's not just about willpower; it's actually about habits, and you know, like, it's just what I'm what I'm doing right now is, you know, not necessarily working for me, and like removing the judgment, right? Because I think. You know, dieters often carry so much judgment and, like, even you know, shame around whether you know, like, you can like do not so being well.
0: able to do that crazy thing that you shouldn't even have to do.
1: Ex- yes, exactly. Um, and so that was also, you know, that was another huge aha moment. You know, so I think that's a,
0: um, a, that was a really good point. I mean, it's one of those things where. Th- Whether you're a quote, like you said, quote successful dieter or not, chances are, if you haven't sort of figured out a happy health style yet, chances are, at some point, you're blaming yourself. Oh yeah, for that problem that you're too weak. You know, I hear that one a lot. You're too lazy. Mm -hmm. Whatever, whatever that story is you're telling yourself about why you haven't succeeded at the health thing. Yeah, when you realize that that's Try actually to. not the game, yeah, <laughs> like you're, not, I, that's, you're playing the wrong game, and like you yeah. shouldn't be beating yourself up about that. That that instead you should step back and say, hey, this isn't working for me. What? Why? Why isn't it working? Am I? Am I? Don't have enough energy? Is this too difficult for some reason? Is 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 it not? Do I not actually like the food? Do I not actually like the exercise? And just saying like, what what can I do instead? Without being like. Without just assuming that you're a failure and assuming you need to double down and try even harder.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, double down. Try harder. Try harder next time. No, exactly. I think that um, that is so key. And so, you know, as someone who had you know so much judgment tied to both myself and you know my eating practices prior to Summer Tomato coming across Summer Tomato and you know just like looking at it from that perspective of, okay. How can I like let's just like take the judgment out of it? Let's look at it as like a science experiment. You know, my husband and I even like we we joke about like just different experiments in the house, like how like life is just one big experiment. You yes, know, I love it. I, <laughs> it really is. And, you know, that was so helpful to me because I think, you know, when we just get stuck in that limiting narrative of like, yes, like I'm not doing it well enough, I'm not trying hard enough, when we can just like strip that away. And look at it as like, all right, so yeah, maybe I don't, maybe my, food, you know, I don't like this meal and that's not going to work for me or, you know, just the workout regimen. Maybe that needs to get switched up or just something where you look at it as like really kind of honing and fine tuning and actually giving yourself permission to like enjoy the process yes. of discovering what feels good for yes. you yes. and nothing yes. that it's okay, that it doesn't have to be perfect. The way that like it's not a linear path, right? It's like it's going to be a little bit, you know, some days you'll feel really awesome. Other days you'll be like, oh, that, that didn't work for me and, you know, maybe I can like fine tune that or switch that or I don't have to do that next time or eat that next time. Um, that was so huge for me too.
0: Yeah. Wow. Wow. So when did you? When, when, when did this all start?
1: Gosh, well, I am 33 now. And I want to say this was like, I. when did that article come out? Was it in 2012? The Which reading one? calibration? Uh,
0: yeah, 2013 in January 2013.
1: Yeah, so it was around that time. Three when, years ago. Yeah. So, wow. you know, or I think I had started on, yeah, I guess was it was about three, yeah, about three years ago. I must have been like, I feel like I wasn't quite 30 yet. But I can't remember, um, but yeah. So I had just a few years ago, really. Wow. And did you? How
0: difficult was it for you to implement? Because it sounds like, I mean, one of the one of the things that comes up quite a bit is, you know, even if you buy into the story, like, okay, yeah, real food sounds good, but when you're eating processed food normally and like that's your normal thing, real mm-hmm. food can be kind of daunting because yeah. you have to like cut stuff up and like buy strange (laughs) vegetables and like put them in pans and stuff. And that can – I had never had any training and stuff like that. So for me, that was like another huge thing that I had to figure out. How how did it go for you though?
1: I think I was really lucky in that, you know, like I said, I did grow up around women like cooking in the kitchen, you know, with my grandmother and my mother. And so it wasn't that I was – you know, I knew that I could cook and I actually – you know, had when I was younger, I used to have this like Disney cookbook, like this little Mickey Mouse cookbook. You know, <laughs> That's no, actually, so actually, cook- yeah, it's so funny. My parents still have it, and so I was always drawn to the kitchen, but you know, because of the experience around, you know, my dieting years, was afraid of it. So it was really about like becoming comfortable again, about like going into the kitchen and knowing that, you know, just trusting, basically, kind of taking that leap of faith that cooking wasn't going to put a bunch of weight on my body. Yeah. I think the other thing too was just taking it in baby steps, you know, being okay with, you know, starting small and then like growing from there. So, I mean, I'm so lucky and fortunate to live in San Francisco where we have some of the best produce, arguably the best in the world, um, you know. So I think, you know, starting with like really amazing ingredients is helpful, but I for somebody who, you know, maybe never had any experience in the kitchen. I can see how that would be, you know, that's, it is a big barrier to entry. Like you have to, you know, go to the grocery store and then you have to prep the food, you know, but I think a lot of that too is, you know, just getting over that initial hump because like once you start doing it, you realize, oh, it's not that hard. You know, you, I mean, it does, you know, it takes time to cultivate habits for sure. There's no doubt about that. But once you kind of like get a few things down, just a few simple recipes, you're like, oh, okay, I can do that. And then that's what starts, you know, the confidence building and think you know, you can realize that you can start branching out a little bit and right. trying a few different things. But I mean I started really small. Like I mean, I'm not kidding you. I started with like, okay, overnight oats mm-hmm. and you know, where you just like throw the oatmeal in the mason jar and like splash it with some almond milk and put it in the fridge overnight and like sauteing kale that was like you know a big throwing like an egg on it yeah you know
0: I started with salad no fire yeah (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) start cold start cold work your way up to that gas stove um yeah so but I think that that's that's the best way to start too I think you know is for people to not feel like Oh my gosh. And I, I love, love, love what you talk about, Daria, about how, you know, this is not like the sexy way, right? right? You know, like not trying to sell people on the overnight sexy way of like developing, you know, a health like healthy healthy habits. You are being honest and really upfront about like, yep, it is gonna take some trial and error and yes, it will take a little bit of time, but The reward is so worth it. And I have just become so passionate about that in my own life, you know, and just something I get to do, you know, on a daily basis through the nature of my job now, um, is like, is helping people get number one, excited about discovering what helps them feel their best and, you know, helping them feel empowered. And I think that sharing, um, these kind of stories are, you know, a good way to do that.
0: That's Fantastic. It's so good. So for you, it sounds like the biggest benefits were I mean, the the energy levels was a big one, the just the relief the freedom that comes from not being a slave to processed food and having the the ability to just eat again and enjoy it and not have that burden of having to like count and measure and feel guilty and all that stuff that goes with dieting.
1: I really, honestly, I actually think that is the biggest thing that, Mm -hmm. you know, that's been the biggest benefit of this entire experience is, you know, the internal transformation. Because I think that's where everything sort of stems from, right? It's like how we feel inside then just totally impacts everything externally in our life. So, you know, moving to real food, moving to, you know, just embrace Um, just, you know, not being afraid of cooking and and not being afraid to like, you know, share meals with friends, go out with friends, you know, go out to dinner. Gosh, like, you know, like that, that was even like a daunting thought at times in my life, you know, oh my God, you know, going out to dinner. Um, but yeah, I, I really think that just discovering that I, number one, deserve and want to feel my best. And two, then, you know, taking, taking action and taking steps, you know, both big and small to help me figure out how to get there.
0: Yeah. And it sounds like you're super confident that if anything were to throw a sort of, what is it called? Throw a wrench in the, (laughs) in the system that you would know exactly what to do, or maybe not like the exact plan, but you would know how to go about troubleshooting it so that you could fix it and get back on track. I hear a lot of confidence in you. Yeah.
1: Oh, thanks, Daria. I, you know, interestingly, I just had an experience with my husband. So, you know, when my husband and I got together, he did not cook, and so when we started dating, I started cooking for him and. He immediately got, you know, super healthy, like, just his, like, he He had, like, an annual checkup with his doctor, and his doctor was like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, oh, my gosh, I met this girl, and she cooks. Yeah. so, you know, yeah. So initially, he had this really, you know, positive response to all the cooking. And then recently, you know, that was a couple of years ago, and then recently was starting not to feel as well. And so we kind of were looking at his diet and, like, looking at, you know, how... He would his body would be responding to you know some of the things that we were eating, so he um, he wanted to do kind of like an elimination kind of experience. So he did Whole 30 recently, and I did it with him is like solidarity, which I normally do not eat that much um, meat. You know, my husband is like one who can like have it every day, and I personally like just don't eat it every day, right? And so it was funny because, you know, he actually started feeling better with like like fewer grains and like fewer beans, mm-hmm. still like plenty of vegetables, but, you know, just slightly different than like what, you know, my normal day-to-day diet is. And I was feeling, you know, not as great actually, like mm-hmm. eating more animal products and still, you know, there was plenty of vegetables to go around, but I was – or not products, but I was eating, you know, more meat with him. Mm-hmm. And so I just had to – Stop doing it, you know. Now, like that seems to be like a thing that works well for him, but I noticed that it was affecting me in Hmm. a way that wasn't great. So I, you know, went back to more of my very like plant-heavy, you know, diet. Just that I, and I mean diet as in you know like what I eat on a daily basis. Um, So that works. That works best for me, you know. So example. Yeah, and everybody's really different, you know. And so I think that we just have to, like I said, our bodies will will tell us and you know I really did try to look at that situation too as just like a little experiment you know and how you know how would things how would I feel if I changed it up a little bit or if I started eating you know a little bit more meat and um I discovered that I I feel my best when it's more plant-based so it was you know it's fine I think it's it's good to stay in that place of curiosity. And, you know, sometimes things work for you for a period of time and then maybe they don't. And, you know, our bodies will will ultimately always let us know.
0: Yeah. Well, I am so impressed and <laughs> so inspired and so happy for you.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Daria. And likewise, I mean, you are a huge inspiration to me and I know to so many others. And I really believe that the work that you're doing, that you're putting out is it is life-changing. There's just, there's no doubt about it. And I mean, we spend so much, you know, of our lives either, you know, I mean, we have to eat to sustain ourselves, you know, like we, we literally, we cannot survive without it. And so why not make it the most enjoyable, loving, fun, exciting experience that we can, you know? And so I really just applaud and I'm so grateful for, um, for the way that your work has changed my life and so many others. So oh,
0: thank you so much, Molly. Thanks for listening to The Foodist Podcast. I'm Daria Rose. And if you're interested in upgrading your own health style, learning how to get healthy and lose weight without dieting and without all of the suffering that it brings, then head over to my website, Summer Tomato, and sign up for my weekly newsletter. When you sign up, you'll get a free starter kit that'll teach you the basics of how to start changing the way you think about food, health, and weight loss. You'll also get a free chapter from my book Foodist called The Myth of Willpower that explains the science behind why the no pain, no gain mantra of the weight loss industry is the absolute worst approach to getting healthy. So come over to Summer Tomato and sign up. We have a fantastic community and we would love, love, love to have you. Thanks for listening and I
1: will see you next time.